The Elvis Cast with Grant Bench. Hello and thanks again for joining us. Today we continue our chat with Jerry McLafferty from the Elvis Presley Film Society and their latest DVD project, Elvis the Dramatic Actor. We continued by talking about some of the proposed film roles that were offered to Elvis. Well, yeah, within within the the the, the DVD, there's, there's there's a lot that's mentioned. Some uh, perhaps it was best that he passed them by. I don't know. They're always talking about that he was offered Midnight Cowboy, but I've kind of explained in that it wasn't really offered it. Um, it. It was sort of mentioned as a potential. Um, property for him, but they would have to have changed it dramatically because it was a very seedy, downbeat um, story. <clears throat> the drug culture and the homosexuality and all that, I don't quite think that would have been particularly good for him. Um, one that would have been very good for him was the, the script that was written by John Carpenter uh, of Halloween fame and Escape from New York, etc., he, he wrote a Western for Elvis and John Wayne specifically in 1969. He wrote this for both of them. He was completely unknown then. Uh, I mean, he became very well-known in the 70s and 80s. He was unknown and he couldn't get it to them because uh, he, he didn't have any any influence. And uh, that script was made later on with uh, other people as a sort of TV movie. It wasn't didn't seem to come across very well. But I think it would have been a great project for Elvis and John Wayne, and I think it would have it would have made a mark for him. And it would have been nice in 1969, 1970, if he was moving into that area. Um, let me see the other ones. There was a suggestion for him to make a martial arts film with Bruce Lee in 1973. That sort of came around. Now that, that in itself, that could have been extremely interesting. I don't know what the story would have been, but uh, that was suggested, and MGM wanted to do that. Um, nothing really came of it, and then Bruce, Bruce Lee died in that very year, 1973, so obviously the project just uh, collapsed. Um, one of the ones, again, I think wasn't wouldn't have been a good for him was West Side Story. He was offered to play the lead in that, uh, along with Elizabeth Taylor. The, so the cast was completely changed. Neither of them, as you know, appeared. But I, and although the movie won 10 Oscars, um, I just feel that wasn't his kind of film. It was it was far too theatrical, all that sort of dancing in the streets and stuff. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but that's my opinion. I don't think that would have been a particularly good film for him, although he was offered it. Never ever heard his views about whether he wanted to do it or not, but uh, it didn't it didn't happen. So that's that covers quite a few of the of the the films that he could have been involved with. Well, in, in 1972, of course, he did an interview for Elvis on tour that, that we have the, the audio from, and he's heard yeah. talking about his Hollywood days, and uh, you can see, you can hear in his voice how much it hurt him to have to do some of those movies. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's quite clear, yeah. He sounds quite downbeat when he discusses them, you know, in the scene he was, he was actually feeling sick and stuff like that. With And... and uh, how can a situation like that happen with someone of his calibre? Uh, you know, that he's doing films that he doesn't want to do. It, it, it sounds so ridiculous. Uh, and we'll, we'll never know why. Why did he accept it? I know he was he was earning uh, you know a lot of money doing this, but as most people say, money didn't seem to be something that he was all that terribly bothered about. He certainly liked it. He lived a privileged lifestyle. 
especially coming from humble beginnings. But I don't think he was that caught up in uh, you know how rich he wanted to be and all that. So it couldn't have been about about the money. It he, he just was agreeing uh, with these people who were suggesting these things to him. Yeah, exactly. And it was just sad to hear when that that uh, interview came along. And I think the producers of On Tour, when they heard that, that's not what they were looking for. No, I don't think so. No, I mean they they were actually sort of. Maybe perhaps lightly, but within their conversation, they were kind of condemning what he did in those films. Uh, I, I don't mean it, it was a sort of blatant saying, you know, your films were terrible or anything like that. It was, it was a little bit different from that. But I think they were surprised as well that what he what he did uh, with all these movies. He made, he made twenty seven movies in the nineteen sixties, which is kind of incredible. Um, how can you do that between 1960 and 1969 and have all great quality films? That's just not going to happen with any performer. Um, so he made these choices very reluctantly. Um, and sadly, you know, it, it came back to, it sort of came back to haunt him because he didn't have a particularly good image in Hollywood. There's an interview with Don Siegel, excellent director who directed Elvis and Flaming Star. And I wish he had directed him in other films. He, he, as you know, he was a great friend with Clint Eastwood. He directed him in five of his films. Uh, and he said in one audio interview, we've not got it on the DVD, but it's on the Making of Flaming Star one. Uh, and he says Elvis has become something of a joke in Hollywood, which is very sad to hear because he also said in his uh, a, 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 a autobiography and in various other interviews that he thought Elvis was was terrific in Flaming Star and he loved working with him. It was he was so surprised at how good he was. But he was talking about later on. This is in the early seventies. He looking back at Elvis when he'd kind of stopped making movies then, and he declared him as something of a joke. And that's the way he was perceived uh, in Hollywood, which I find terribly sad. It certainly is. I mean, even today, you know, I'll mention that I watched uh, might be Tickle Me or something, and there people sort of look down at your nose at, at these movies, and you know that, yeah. that that disappoints me. And that you know, some some they're all great entertainment, and uh, it just disappoints me that Elvis didn't get fulfilled in that. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it's not like I mean, I, I think again, people. Uh, seem to think that these were all cheaply made films, but they weren't. You know, there was there was quite a lot of um, finance went into Elvis's movies. You take something like Frankie and Johnny, which was filmed in 1965. You know, you're coming up to nearly 60 years ago. Um, it cost $4 million to make that. I know that doesn't equate with uh, the, the finance that's spent on films today, but there's, there's still, to this very day, in 2023, films that are feature films that are made for even less than that amount now. Um, so $4 million, it probably only returned about maybe 7 or $8 million or something like that. But the, these films were not they were not cheaply made. That's, that's another misapprehension about, about Elvis's feature films. Yeah, you look at the Viva Las Vegas, they spent a lot of time on, on that movie and that, that was really the point where it all sort of uh, changed a bit, wasn't it? It was, really, yes. Um, I mean, that was the movie that he probably spent the most time on. That was filmed in the summer of 63 and it, it was three months of uh, location and uh, studio work on that. I mean, I don't think he ever spent anything like that amount of time again on any of his films before that or afterwards. That's a class movie, and uh, it's it's described. So even even film buffs will will, will mention 
Viva Las Vegas as one of his uh, much better films. Uh, It's up there with uh, some really good musicals. But what happened after that? The very next movie, Kissing Cousins, just, I mean, I've seen it many, many times, but I can only describe it as it's a silly movie. It's hard to believe that he followed up something with the distinction of Viva Las Vegas with such a a silly film like Kissing Cousins. It, It just didn't add up. And the fact that they released Kissing Cousins in the US before Viva Las Vegas, it must have confused people a lot. Yeah, I think it did. Maybe maybe they did the Elvis fans a favour by, by, by showing a movie that, that had no real structure to it. I mean, the, the, the stories go that it was filmed in about 15 days or something like that, and, and it does look like it. Um, and then at least if Viva Las Vegas came out after it, they say, well, this is a big difference. This is a real quality film. <clears throat> but in the UK, and I assume in Australia, they, they came out in their... Um, chronological order. Yep, they did indeed. Viva Las Vegas, very yeah. huge out here. I, I mean, I, I talked to people who were around back then and the lines around the, around the street for Elvis's movies happened nearly every time. Yeah, yeah, which was, 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 was wonderful. You know, I mean, I don't know what he thought of that, but he, surely he must have been pleased, you know, that that, that, that was happening. <clears throat> we know he wasn't pleased overall with the content, but he must have been pleased with the success. Absolutely. I mean, if I'd have met him, I'd have told him the, that I loved his movies. Yeah, I, I know. You know, maybe maybe we were all a bit sort of blinkered, uh, <laughs> thinking like that. Yeah, we would hardly meet him. Uh, that would have been an, an amazing in itself. But uh, we would hardly meet him and tell him why. Do, why are you making these terrible films? I, I know that critics asked him questions like that. You know, at press conferences, and said, well, "Why are you making such films?" Famously, at his. Um, 1969 press conference and the, the opening night in Las Vegas when he was on a real high. Uh, Ray Connolly, who's a British journalist, was on, in the uh, among the press at, uh, at the International Hotel that night, and he asked him that question: you know, "Why, why you make all these bad movies?" And uh, I, I think he was it was countered by I think uh, the Memphis Mafia sense. So, what exactly? What, what bothers you about them? And I think that. He felt that they were almost being aggressive towards him, that you can't criticise things. Mm. Well, that's not right. No. Now, I just want to ask you too, Jerry, about uh, what's uh, one of the lesser-known Elvis movies that you'd recommend people to watch that they may not necessarily think they would enjoy? Well, I think, and uh, probably a lot of people do not, I would say something like Follow That Dream, which is an excellent comedy very well written, very well structured. You know, it's an anti-government piece. I think sometimes people don't see that. Uh, Elvis's performance as a kind of naive guy uh, was, I think it's quite beautiful, absolutely. His, his comedic level was, was wonderful. What a difference from just the year year before filming something like Flaming Star, you know, when it was so serious. Um, I would say, I would recommend that to anyone and I'd be very surprised if, if people didn't find that very, very entertaining and very well written. Well, we had my uh, my niece actually went and saw uh, you know the Baz Luhrmann movie, and you know she obviously oh, yeah. wanted to know more about about you know why I was so taken by Elvis, and I said, well, you need to watch one or two of these. So uh, you know, I gave her things like mm-hmm. Viva Las Vegas and Jailhouse Rock, and funny enough, I gave her Follow That Dream, and I said, this is a great movie. It's not just a great Elvis movie; it's a great movie. It is indeed. 
and I, and I love it. And I, I'm getting a dream of mine fulfilled next year, Jerry. I'm going to sit on that bridge. Oh, great. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to Florida then. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's going to be absolutely amazing. I, I can't wait because I've started going around to some of the, the locations and uh, it gives me chills. So I know I'm going to be in tears when I, uh, when I sit on that bridge. Uh, that would be wonderful. So where, where else have you managed to go then, Grant, that, that was on locations? Well, my friend Sue in Las Vegas took me to uh, Sedona in, in Arizona. Oh, terrific. Uh, yeah. where, where he made um, Stay Away Joe. And there's element, yeah. the, and, and the, thing, the great thing is when you go to some of these places, the elements uh, of some of these movies are still there. And yeah, yeah. We, we, you, know, you can line the shots up. And I mean, there's a scene there where his, his sister in the movie is working in a bank. And that's, that's right, yeah. And, and, and that store right now is a clothing store. It's like a, a visitor center type. It's Sedona clothing and things. But if you have a look, <laughs> if you have a look at the door handle, the door handle still says National Bank of Arizona on it. Um, right. And, and yeah. that and and that just like whoa, that that, that blew me away. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would I would love that too. That's fantastic. And yeah. and the other one we went to was um, we went on a jeep tour. That the I know it's not the greatest song in the world, but the, where he does Dominic. Oh yeah, we we, yeah. Went, we went on we went on this jeep tour and we convinced ourselves we found where it was. It's right in the middle of nowhere, so I don't know how they would have got the <laughs> uh, how they would have got the movie cameras up there. But yeah, and all the equipment. Yeah, that, that particular area is absolutely stunning. And uh, Stay Away Joe is a crazy movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good movie. I, th- I think it's underrated. It's highly underrated. Yeah, and, and the other one, of course, I've obviously been to um, Hawaii and swam in Hanawama Bay and playing No More and, and, and things like that. Um, Fantastic. Uh, and, of course, the other big one is King Creole down in, in New Orleans. A lot of that is still exactly as it was pretty much in 1958. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, so well, you've, done, you've done extremely well. To, I haven't been to any of these places. I've, I mean, I've been to Memphis and been to Graceland and stuff, but I haven't done any of the location stuff so i think that would be wonderful to do yeah yeah well it's it's worthwhile to do it i can tell you just they, these sort of yeah. experiences are and like they connect you to the movie as well uh, oh very much even imagine, even, you know. even standing in uh idlewild where they uh, made kid galahad uh, uh-huh. and you can stand on the road where he's you know jump off and sing king of the whole wide world to yourself it's pretty cool <laughs> Yeah, and that lodge is still there and uh, stuff. Yeah, I gather that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's absolutely brilliant. Now, I mentioned oh, well uh, the, I mentioned the Brad the Baz Luhrmann movie, Jerry. I was wondering what you made of it. I actually really enjoyed it, and I, I didn't. It's funny, like like all of us serious fans, we we, we just I find uh, the whole impersonation thing is total anathema. I cannot watch these people for even ten seconds. However. <laughs> What, being a uh, this is an actor playing Elvis, so that was to me that was very different. When it was first announced, uh, I actually thought, well, I'll not I'll not be watching this because I can't stand people impersonating them. I, I didn't even like the Kurt Russell movie. I just didn't like that at all. However, uh, Baz Luhrmann's movie, I've I've I went to see it in the, the theatre about three times, and uh, I've got a DVD of it. Uh, and I think Austin Butler did a very very good job. You know, he he wasn't over over the score with the way that he performed. I thought it was a, it was a nice approach to playing Elvis. Um, the story, sure, it took a lot of licence uh, over various aspects of his life, which most um, biographies do. 
but I, I did enjoy it, and I was pleased for him that the film did well, uh, and he won a Golden Globe. He won the BAFTA. Unfortunately, it won no Oscars at all, although it was nominated for four, I believe. But uh, as a as a movie, uh, I think it worked very well, and it brought Elvis's name back to the fore. Um, it, it, I think it did a lot of good for the Elvis world when that was released last year. Oh, it certainly did. It came out around the time we had an exhibition in uh, Bendigo. Graceland brought out uh, an exhibition. Oh, yeah. So yeah. To, to have that movie, that exhibition actually was pretty much sold out every day. Uh, and you would hear Wonderful. you would hear you would hear people in the line, you know, talking about the movie. And uh, mm-hmm. of course, I had to get my two cents in with them and ask them questions and things because I just couldn't help myself. And someone said, "Gee, you know a lot about Elvis, don't you?" And I said, oh, "I've only been studying for forty years." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, of course, we've got the uh, Priscilla one uh, due out in the next month. Have you heard much about that? To be honest, I haven't. No, the, the, the last thing that I did hear, and that's in the, oh, in the, only in the last couple of weeks, is that um, the estate are not allowing any of Elvis's original music in it. So uh, I do think that may be one I'll avoid. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it, it'll be... It, it wasn't exactly a, a fantastic book, Priscilla's book, Elvis and Me. I thought it was a kind of soft book. It didn't, it didn't uh, give us very much in the way of uh, information. I'm, I'm not clear that that will make a worthwhile movie, so uh, I don't know a great deal about it, to be honest. Well, you mentioned that you went to Graceland. When was that? Oh, I, golly, I, I've only been uh, over there once, and that was in 1991 with uh, two friends. Uh, I mean, I loved the experience. It was wonderful. And uh, it, I've changed so much since that time. Uh, I mean, the... They still just had all Elvis's gold records and awards within the, the Hall of Fame part. I mean, some years after that, it moved um, to the to the court. Um, now, now, of course, everything's across the road in this big, massive sort of exhibition centre. We've got the huge hotel, which is far bigger than Graceland itself. So it's changed so much. Uh, I, I will get back there again sometime. Yeah, I was last there in 2017, and Elvis Presley's Memphis had just not long been open, and it, it had that right. it had that kind yeah. of feel of uh, you know under construction feel because there was it's a lot uh, sort yeah. of area. So um, I'm looking forward to going back next year and and exploring. But yes. the, the the guest house, I can tell you, that is a lovely place, lovely place to stay. What we're talking about, um, you know, the film society. You not as you said, you don't just talk about the actual feature movies. Uh, the, the three TV specials, uh, I guess we're talking mainly about the, the last one in 77. Do yeah. you think that should be released? Um, I I'll probably get mixed feelings about that because it's clear that he was uh, very unwell. Um, and it's it's almost uh, for fans. I mean, if you take that special, you know, as it was aired uh, in... 77 in October in the States. We didn't get it till June of 78 here in the UK. Um, it's a 50-minute special, and it's quite some time before Elvis even appears, and then it cuts away to various people interviews, and you've got two interviews with Vernon. There's not actually a great deal of music within it, and I feel that they, they, they probably thought, the CBS people probably thought that uh, they had to cut that down to something, you know, that they weren't showing Elvis all the time simply because it was hard to get him in, in, in a way where he looked well because because he was so ill at that point. 
uh, I mean, it's always been available to fans uh, who want to see it. I don't know how well that would do as a general release. I think people might not be particularly pleased with it. Although he sings very, very well, he's still got a very powerful voice at that point. Um, I have to say that I, I don't really know whether it should be out there publicly or not. I was just thinking after that they showed Unchained Melody in in the Elvis movie, people have been exposed yeah. to some of that footage, you know, general populace. Uh, it just uh-huh. does seem such a shame that uh, even for the, the dedicated fans, we have to either watch it on YouTube or, um, you know, go through some import channels to see it. Yeah, yeah. But... Um... I don't think they will release it. It's, it's Various people have said to me that uh, the way the, the Elvis estate operates, it's almost like uh, he, he died after 1973. They don't seem to promote hardly anything beyond the Aloha from Hawaii success. They, they, there's very little uh, that, they, that they do about that. I mean, they, they never show anything beyond that time. Uh, it's strange, but it's a, it's a commercial enterprise, that's the way it works. Yeah, well, I know there's a lot of people who, who, who can't watch Elvis in concert, and I can, I can understand that. And it's not something that I watch, you know, every week or anything, but when I see it, no. it, it the, the strength in the man is, is incredible. And when he does, you know, How Great Thou Art and Hurt, uh, he was yeah. just still a, a, a phenomenal performer. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it, I thought his, his singing was still remarkable. Uh, absolutely, uh, and and I'm so so glad that it was because that would just have been something else which would have been heavily criticised. They would say, "Oh, he looks terrible, he sounds terrible," but in fact, he didn't. His voice was extremely powerful. So we have that as a plus from the show. Well, going on to Aloha, you mentioned there, Jerry. Have you had to come across the recent release of the Blu-ray? No, I haven't seen. Funny, I just read a review of it last night uh, in the Elvis the Man and His Music magazine, the UK magazine, which is excellent. Oh, it's a uh, fantastic magazine. Yep, it's great. It, 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 it's it's it says it like it should be. Um, none of this phoning fan stuff. If something's bad, they'll tell you it's bad. No, I just read a review on that, and uh, the 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 reviewer saying that it, it, it can see very little difference from the, the Blu-ray version uh, to what's already been released. Uh, have, have you viewed it yourself? I certainly have. And, uh, yeah, I was very – I mean, I didn't expect a lot to start with because obviously it was done on uh, video back in 73. But, yeah. um, Dave, it's, it's, it's like you're watching a videotape and it just happens to play on Blu-ray. The, there was a single-disc edition that came out a few years ago if you want to watch it grab that one but i do have to say the sound quality of the actual concerts on the cds are phenomenal Uh, right yeah i I did i did grasp that in the review i mean they they just released them last last year on the ftd label now they've got them out in the sony label you know with an additional blu-ray it seems kind of crazy you know to do this within a year but um, but if they up the quality, then okay, fair enough. Well, the quality of the CD is great. Just leave the uh, the Blu-ray in the cover if you've got uh, if you've got another one as well. Right? Yeah. Okay. Hope you'll join us again soon for more of Elvis in the movies with Jerry McLafferty. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Elvis Cast. Subscribe or follow the show on your podcast platform of choice. Just search for Elvis Cast. All the links and contact information can be found on my website, elviscast.com. If you'd like more information about this episode's special guest, check out the show notes in the description. Thanks for listening to the Elvis cast.